What up, everybody? It's episode six. You guys ever seen that Seinfeld episode where the person's deaf and they think they say the word sex instead of six? Yes. That's a good episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, my name is John Lyon. This is your host for the John Lyon podcast. Today we have Down Lucas again. Yo. The steady hand or whatever you want to call steady him. Steady hand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> don't know what that means. I don't know either. And then we have our new guest, Jonathan Sterling. Hi. Thanks for get, having me. Get up to the mic a little bit. Hello. There you go. Um, cool. So today is a good day because it's the sixth episode. We're going to talk about some stuff that Jonathan likes. Uh, just little house cleaning items. My logo is done. We're just going to try to get a background for it, and then I'm going to release that on Monday. Looks mm, sick. Hype train. I like it. Jonathan has seen it. Dallin has seen it. They confirmed it looks good. Thank you, Michael Lee. And then also, uh, I'm done with school. So I have way more time now on my hands to get better at getting my sound ready for the podcast, uh, messing around with GarageBand and things like that, and actually doing more content more frequently. So two to three times a week instead of just once a week. But Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, today I just wanted to kind of talk about what Jonathan's been up to. Uh, he is in a different major, way different than mine. I, for anyone who wants to know or is dying to know, I finished my degree in communication studies. They actually, it was speech communication, but I just talked to the advisor yesterday and she said that they're changing at UVU to communication studies because speech comm is too confusing. Because everyone, anytime you ask them or tell people, oh, I'm doing speech comm, people think you're doing like speech therapy or speech pathology, which is not the same thing at all. So yeah, um, they so are going to talk to people. Yeah, they're going to change it to communication studies. So I don't know which one's going to be on my diploma if it's going to say speech comm or communication studies, but anyway. I went that route because I hate math. And that's the one big reason why I chose a communication degree because there was no math beyond my generals. But Jonathan, what is your major? What did you graduate in? Um, I graduated from the same school, Utah Valley University. You did? But yeah. what did you major in? I majored in uh, computer science, nice. making it seem like it was like some big thing that we're <laughs> <laughs> coming up to. <laughs> no, it was just computer um, science. For people who want to know, down, what are you majoring in? Um... Digital media. Digital media. What are you trying to do with that? There's a lot of things I want to do with it. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. But trying to do the filmmaking stuff. Nice. That porn industry. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a total joke. Hey, so that's an option. Do. It is an option. <laughs> um, but so, Jonathan, what, what, is the what is the computer science major? Well, first off, actually, before you go into it, I, want, I found an article today uh, talking about the website. It's from GeekWire is the article. But the it's talking about the website Indeed. Has anyone heard about that website? Heard of it. What did you say? Indeed. Indeed. It's yeah, like yeah. the website where people, how do they find jobs and careers? Kind of like Glass Ceiling, I think is what it's called. Glass Door. Glass Door. Glass Ceiling's <laughs> the pay gap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Indeed. They say, um, it talks basically about what's the most popular major right now. The, the title of the article is Computer Science Tops. Indeed's list of popular college majors and graduate job salaries. Mm. This was just released yesterday by Taylor Soper. Um, it says, does picking a college major guarantee a certain salary after graduation? Not necessarily, but job site Indeed just released a study that analyzed more than 80 million resumes to identify popular majors among U.S. college grads and subsequent average salaries for those students. The company... Oh, I don't want to care about Indeed. It talks about basically... Says it provided three average salaries from each major based on a junior, mid-level, or senior position. Computer science led the pack with an average salary of ninety-five thousand for a business intelligence developer, 
101,000 for software engineer and 125,000 for development operations. Starting out? That's the average. Was, Not yeah. in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, and there's, it goes on to say that, like, it is the, one of the most popular major right now. And that makes sense because, like, with the technology, the way it's going, like, yeah. everyone's going into computer science. So why did you decide to go it's, into computer science? Yeah, it's popular and, yeah, it definitely does have good starting salaries. Um I chose it. I don't know. Like it's it's when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to your, your teenage back. years. I I like you remember MySpace? Yes. You remember how you could like edit your your page? That was like stuff? that was like basic coding. Yeah, it was like HTML, CSS, you could tweak it out. Like there there were also some like generators where you could you know, change the color of your yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Dallin, he figured out how to put your signature your John Hancock on there. Yeah. Now looking back, that probably wasn't smart because people could just forge your signatures and steal it, but it looked cool. Yeah, this is back That's all that day. mattered. Yeah, people would put like tons of images on, and this was back with dial-up. Put this right here. And uh, it go. would take like five minutes just to load somebody's MySpace page. Anyways, that's when I first got like into like coding, I guess. Yeah. Although although that kind of coding is, is more like markup. It's not really coding yeah that's really like i was like first introduced into you could it. customize you could change from top eight friends to top Dude, 32 because yeah. you need to have all really your favorites it out. And much. i just had it on random so oh that's good so you could do that pick, yeah. was tom ever on there probably Tom, dude. It's nice. You're well-rounded. Nobody can judge you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you said you introduced like the idea of being able yeah. to customize through computing and stuff. And, and so that's where my interest came out. But then like when I was 14, I, I tried like actual coding with like real computer languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, dude, I sucked. Really? Like, it was bad. I could not figure it out. And it was, I don't know, I was just, you know, that wasn't for me. And then later on when I decided, I don't know, I, I, ne I needed to pick a career path, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess I just wanted to prove myself that to myself that I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I started getting into it and I wanted a, a more formal education because it was really intriguing. Yeah. Um, just being able to create things. It's kind of like magic. <laughs> when you think about it from <laughs> like, like what, what, what we do is kind of magical. Well, yeah, but, uh, it's freaking, cause I remember Michael, our friend, Michael Calderon was yeah. the one that was into it first yeah. a little bit. And I, I, when you guys have your conversations about coding and stuff, I just, it literally is another language. Yeah, it's he, insane. He should be on the show, not me. He's way smarter well, than I am. If he freaking lived in Utah, I'm calling you out, Michael. But he did just buy a house in Las Vegas, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, so that's basically why you got into computer science. Yeah, the whole like creative process was really cool. Yeah. So then, like, how was what kind of classes were you required to take at UVU? And then, like, the reason I'm having this conversation, folks, and anyone who's listening, like. Obviously, picking a major is freaking difficult. It took all of us, at least me personally, like a while to figure it out. So this is for anyone who's thinking about computer science and why as well have Jonathan, who's already done it, like give a little insight on what the major's like. Yeah, definitely. Like what was your, let's say, let's what your, what was your favorite two or three classes that you took? Just give um, a quick rundown of them. Favorites? Yeah, or it's just a, maybe more challenging or things you learned? An AI class, that was a lot of fun. AI as in? Artificial intelligence, mm. yeah. I took a game programming class as an elective. That was a lot of fun. Found out that games are a lot harder to make than, than it seems. So then you see people on Reddit like complaining about the developers sucking and like Dude, they just do I'm all this like, like you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know what they're going through when they're trying to create a game for us fanboys. Yeah, it's a, it's a super difficult process, but um, those two are probably so are game develop. Favorites. Was you said game developing and then game AI? Development, AI. I mean, there's like really technical classes. Like I made I built a compiler that probably doesn't make sense to anybody, but that was a fun class too. Nice. Yeah. What was the thing that like blew your mind the most? Um, in like AI, the AI class or just 
the computer science major in general? Um, just how like intricate things really are and the fact that you have to like the, the work programmers do, they have to think out every single possible scenario, even like the most, you know, corner cases and they have to, they have to build around that. And there's a lot of thought that goes into it beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember we had that road trip in January. We had that long conversation about coding and like you were telling me about ones and zeros and how it sends back and forth and like. Dude, my, yeah. my brain can't even like fathom like i don't understand how typing the letter p starting off trying to type the word penis on my <laughs> computer like how coding even like behind that creates the letter character p on my computer like it's just just lots of layers of abstraction that's all i have to say yeah okay i don't anyway so that is uh it's, it's insane i don't know how you guys do it but it's a lot of fun like yeah. if, if anybody's like looking to get into it i definitely would try it out because if I had never tried yeah. and like took a second chance at this, I don't know what I would be doing right now, but I like going to work every day. It's a lot of fun. It's super challenging and it's like, I get legitimate excitement going to work every day. It's, so then it's fun. like, I, I would say for me, like most people, you should pick your major according to like your skills, get, skill set and personality. For me, the reason why I chose com communication after I figured out that there was no math beyond generals was the fact that I like talking to people and it's up my alley. Like, what kind of skill sets do you think would help with computer science majors, or like, what personality traits do you think mesh well with that major? Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely not not for everybody because <laughs> you do have to do some math, definitely. Yeah. Um, but the the unless you're doing you're in a field that's very math intensive. Um, or an industry that's math intensive, you're not going to be doing a whole lot of math. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're, you know, programming for NAS, obviously you're going to be doing a lot of math. Um, but it's more logic. Um, it's also very creative. Um, you do a lot of, uh, building your own worlds as I can. <laughs> I know you, I remember you showed me your, like one of your projects towards the end of your schooling was you had to create, did you create Tetris? Yeah. Well, it's already been created, obviously. I had to rebuild it. They had to rebuild scratch, it, though. Yeah, and that that was a, that was an interesting. Did you have to program the sweet music into it too? I didn't do the music. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but you don't think about it like like things like Tetris. I went in like thinking, oh yeah, I played Tetris a million times. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This real quick. You don't think of all the little things like when you're you know when your blocks are next to a wall or something and you, you rotate it and that it can't rotate because it's next to a wall and yeah. stuff and collision detection. There's a lot. It really opens your eyes to how everything's made crazy yeah. um what was like the last big project that you had to do for anyone who's getting into this major like i know every school is going to be different but like what's one of the biggest things they had you do as in the major um capstone is you pretty much had to build your own assembler compiler pretty much your own computer language freak yeah <laughs> so you spend the whole the whole uh um degree you know using computer languages yeah, so yeah. at the end they're like all right build your own damn that's <laughs> yeah. crazy um i say i'm a lot anyway uh crap what was i gonna say oh did you freaking see the article where they were working with artificial intelligence and then the computer created its own language Facebook so they, one? So they yes. shut it down <laughs> yes i I've, I've been following this actually <laughs> so why don't you tell people i don't really know too much about do you know a lot about it or at least some the basic synopsis like, of what happened yeah, Facebook was creating like this chat bot, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, is running and stuff. And the thing with AI and these these bots essentially is that they learn over time. That's and they optimize. Skynet, themselves. dude, Terminator. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> but basically, it started. Um, sorry, um, you're good. Creating its own language because it thought English was uh, a little too inefficient, I guess. <laughs> and so it created its own language. 
and they just shut it down because they're freaking abort out. mission, they, abort they mission. It. Yeah. So I guess they shut it down. I think it was a little bit more dramatic than what it actually yeah, was. Yeah, we just think Hollywood when we think that, but it could happen. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, English is pretty terrible language it as is. it is. Yeah, like <laughs> people who are from different countries have to come learn English. I feel freaking bad for them because yeah. it's just like all the different grammatical things they have to learn. Yeah. And then actually writing it out too. Yeah. Machines are built for optimization, so they're probably like... Just to make shortcuts and make things easier? Yep, that's what happened. So then... Where do you work now? Like, you, I mean, just give, I know you can't go into too much detail because of the type of nature, but like, you don't have to say where are you, but like, what do you do as an industry? Like you got this job straight out of, out of going, graduating from UVU. Yeah. So I work for a company that does automation and robotics, like, like factory automation and stuff. I could talk about it. I just, the current project we're working on is okay. a little under. So talk about over, <laughs> overall, what do you do? Um, and then, but don't, you don't have to go into detail about what your project is. Cause that's, we don't want to get you fired. No, that's good. Um, so like. What we do is, um, so like factories themselves, you know, you see, um, I guess, assembly lines. Yeah, and yeah. Whatnot. Mostly humans are doing that now. So but we, then robots like build cars and crap like yeah. that. So stuff like that. We The company I work for is, is big into the semiconductor industry. So like robots that make uh, uh, computer chips and whatnot. Freak. Yeah. And so it's just like the overhead management of that and communicating with the robots and making sure everything's in the right place at the right time and not, you know, throwing valuables away <laughs> or dropping them yeah so as of right now as the industry is there would you like how much human influence is still going on like watching these machines work um well that's the goal with automation is that just remove human interaction entirely so which would remove human error yes <laughs> and which i'm sure you're a big fan of <laughs> and payroll and feeding people in hr but uh yeah like I mean, obviously, there's still, like, programmers and people that have to maintain these robots and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, we're moving towards, I mean, automation in general in the industry and, and manufacturing yeah, like all over the world. Self, self-driving cars are another big thing Yeah, that's a pushing. huge thing, too. Um, just but you to, hear a lot of the older generation like, I don't want that because then that's weird. I can't drive my own car. Yeah, dude, it's I don't scary. know why the accent came from that because <laughs> my parents don't sound like that. But, they, I mean, it's statistics show, especially in Utah, like, 85% of human fatality on freeways is all human error yeah 85 percent of what happens on the freeway with accidents is human error like yeah. everything else is just could be weather or whatever it is but it's like an insane number of deaths yeah on the yeah just due to cars like four times the amount as guns let's not get political but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can if you no, want serious but... like i think auto i think automate like self-driving is self-driving cars are going to solve a lot of problems but also create a lot too <laughs> well yeah because they they're already tr they're already testing out like self-driving trucks right for deliveries yep. and yep. that would put a lot of people out of work if they those truckers that go across country yeah and that's one of the big arguments with automation is that uh while you you, you know you automate processes you are also eliminating jobs yep um and that's one of the big big arguments like those automation. digital kiosks at mcdonald's dude yeah like <laughs> we don't want to pay you 15 dollars an hour we're just gonna make a computer do it yeah and um what is it self-checkout at grocery stores yep. and stuff um i when that first came out i think that was like what we were teenagers maybe yeah. maybe a little later and it's yeah it's getting bigger i mean you used to have you know 30 cashiers at 30 different registers now you've got 30 you know self-checkouts and yeah. one dude just managing them and there's all. still 30 registers but only like half of them are yeah. being used by actual it's only not until black friday that you freaking need everybody on deck yeah i i don't think that you know i think we're really far away from a point to where it's going to affect unemployment rates yeah or anything 
Um, but I heard this analogy and it's from a YouTube video. I might, you know, copy down in your uh, SoundCloud description. Okay. But uh, I can't remember the U- name of the YouTube video right now, but he talked about horses. All right. Um, and back in the day, horses were used for everything, for, for transportation mostly. Um, but, you know, soldiers would ride them into battle. They'd pull carriages and whatnot. And we replaced the, in battle, we just use tanks now or jeeps. Yeah. And now we've got cars. And horse, the horse population went down like crazy. Like if you look at the numbers, oh. there's a lot less horses now. Yeah. And now all they do is, I don't know, prance around. And yeah. Recreational. Yeah. Like competitions and like horse raining, horse racing, I guess. Right. So and if they trip, they get their brains blown out because they, <laughs> right, they're, they're, no, they're no use. They're not well, used to be human soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like that's, that's, it's kind of an exaggerated example and I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. Yeah. But it kind of shows maybe in the distant future that could happen to humans to where there's just nothing left for us to do everything's automated yeah that's pretty crazy to think about yeah or maybe there'll be more humans because we have nothing to do so we just make more humans there you go we're like more bored sex. we're bored it's like nothing else to do unless you're in china it's probably only one kid per family um is that really a thing in china what one kid per family no it's two i think it's two now oh that's good they've upgraded. i think they they leveled up yeah um so then what do you do you can you go any more into detail about like overall what you do or uh i i code a lot there you go he codes a lot <laughs> so you're on the computer all day for anyone who's looking to get into this career field are you sitting on your butt all day it's very is that what's the term sedentary it's a it's a term like they use yeah. for like if you're sitting down or yes, you're not but moving I, around a lot during and the that day. could turn people off from the field but yeah. it's a lot just more get an expensive that. comfy chair like like when people see me working they're like, wow, that looks boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> well, I used oh, to, thanks. <laughs> when I used to come in your room when you were studying, I'm like, what the freak are you doing, dude? There's just a bunch of codes and numbers it's, and stuff like that. But it, It's fun mentally, yeah. I guess. Because, um, like, yeah, from, from the outside, it looks like, okay, I'm just on a computer. There's all these weird numbers and letters. And like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are a lot of meetings and there's a lot of design involved and creativity. You have a lot of room to kind of build how you please. Mm-hmm. Um, build worlds really is how I like to think about it. And it, it is super magical. Well, yeah. It's like literally it. like if you ever, anyone who's, we talked about video games last time, like literally building worlds yeah. in video games, like with computer animation. Cause like there's different, like, cause there's the computer animation that actually is the graphics and the character models. But then behind that, the coding is what makes everything work obviously. Right. With yeah, the, how the, the characters logic. move and all that stuff. <laughs> so that's why there's a different, that, that's a different, what would, what would that computer design would be a different major, right? For going into like art, um, like character model CGI, and like all that graphic stuff. design, yeah, graphic and like design. 3D modeling and stuff. Like and when that, they that's... show those behind the scenes for video games, like Overwatch, they have the people like drawing the characters oh, yeah. on the computers. That's, that's completely those different. Those guys right? are, yeah, strictly doing that. I mean, there's... it's like art, but for the digitally, right? It's, di- di- it's another form of digital media, but yeah, those guys usually aren't responsible for coding or anything, yeah. but they can. So they create the models and then they hand it over to the coders, and then the coders right. are the ones who say, okay, this is how this person's going to move their right arm, and this person's how they're going to move their left arm and stuff. Yeah, if, if there's any any of the logic behind it. Yeah. And and it, it goes more into that. I mean, with, with video games in general, like all the the physics and whatnot, it gets pretty complicated. With multiplayer games online, all the server stuff is really very intricate well why don't you go into that a little bit because i know that we have that because like everyone heard last time jordan down and i talked a lot about overwatch and video games and that for anybody who's listening last time is a heavily it's just strictly online game so like 
in a nutshell, like from your understanding, like how do these servers work and how do they communicate with the game and, and things like that? I know it's going into a rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah, a really deep <laughs> rabbit hole, but, and I'm no ex expert on this, but like it, it, it's the server client model, yeah. I guess. So like you've got one server mm -hmm. and that is the, the, I guess, golden know-it-all for, for everything that's happening in the game. It holds the game state, we, we can put it. Like, yeah. What is true? It holds all truth. Okay. And then you've got your client, which is your, like, Xbox or your PC. And it just kind of renders what the server um, deems as truth. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm Well, it's basically trying well. to replicate what the servers are telling it to do. Is that right. what I'm understanding? Right. And then you, and then anytime you, you put any kind of input on your controller. So pushing A to jump or yeah. something like that. It sends it at like light speed to the server. Server gets the update and then sends you an update back with all the updated positions, including the changes that you made. Well, how fast is this all happening? Dude, like faster than you can <laughs> even think. Well, yeah, because as Super soon as... Fast. So this, me pushing the A button to jump sends it to my Xbox, which sends it to the server. Right. And then the server has to send it all the way back, recognizing that that command worked. Right, yeah, there's that. It'll acknowledge that it worked, but it'll also send you like an updated game state, like, okay, this character's in that position, and you have, we received your action, so we're going to update it. Which is, I'm assuming, even easier on a game that's not required to be online. If it's online, there's no server interaction at all. Okay. Everything's done locally on, yeah, your, on Xbox. your Xbox. Whatever they've coded into the yeah. game. But the server's not sending you like any graphics or images in yeah. that. They're, all they're doing is sending you, okay, this characters at this coordinate doing this action facing this direction okay this character is at this spot doing this that's crazy it's just like a really simple simple message and then your your xbox updates with all the crazy graphics and stuff yeah, yeah. so then like explain i'm sure people have heard lag when your your game is not connected to the internet very well and it's not communicating you start seeing a character jump around the screen and or you get disconnected from whatever like do you know anything about yeah. that well to put it the internet <laughs> is trash just like the way it was built from the beginning well didn't uh, you was, say yeah you said that the internet was the way it was built if we were to we, we didn't build it with the with in, with the intention of like security or freaking playing games on it at all yeah, like, yeah. it was meant just for like strict communication but the, it's been like this for so long like to actually change the entire infrastructure of the internet yeah, would be it'd, like it'd a be massive impossible. project yeah right so we kind of basically just keep adding to it right and so making it better instead of redoing the whole so thing we're building all these like fancy crazy games that require high speed on this internet that is was not built for it <laughs> and sort and we're constantly trying to change the infrastructure with like you know fiber optics and whatnot yeah to, yeah to improve it um but lag yeah it it sucks <laughs> lag does suck for anyone who's like, like i said it's just like when you're trying to shoot at somebody or you're playing a certain game and a character jumps on the other side of the map it's because the connection from the servers to the game to whatever's going on is it's it's not uh, registering correctly. Yeah, people call this like I guess the the word is netcode. Netcode. It's, it's all the uh, code responsible for keeping everything up to date. Um, but if you don't have a good connection with the server, uh -huh. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fall behind. What now? What's the difference between lag and latency? That's it's the same thing. Latency is. You either have good latency or bad latency. If you have bad latency, you're lagging. So bad latency, for example, for anyone who's listening, is like if I, on my screen, on my TV, I shoot somebody and I could have sworn that I was supposed to hit them, but on their screen or their TV, they were actually already behind the wall. 
So basically, yeah. it's not communicating fast enough to where we're both seeing the exact same thing at the yeah. exact same time. Yeah, like I said, the server sends you all these updates. Like yeah. this guy's in this position, and the other guy's in that position. And you're, if your Xbox would kind of try to predict what's happening, mm-hmm. like if this guy's moving in this direction, he's probably going to continue moving in this direction. That's freaky. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, it's called a client side prediction. Uh-huh. Obviously, that's not always true. Yeah. But if it's not receiving messages from the server, it's going to try to build something that isn't correct. And so, yeah, if, if you lose connection with the with the server, you're going to see some wonky stuff and people like running into walls and, and then jumping over and then you're shooting yeah. them and they're not their health isn't going down right. because it's not registering yeah. the same thing that they're seeing. And the server sees you as not moving at all, not doing anything because yep. you have connection. And I mean, it's good because it only affects you. I mean, it only it only affects the player that has the bad connection. Yeah. And then they talk about there's this thing called dedicated servers. Yep. And dedicated, I'm, I'm sorry, non-dedicated servers. That's a dedicated server when you've got one central hub. Okay. And that's what Overwatch has, or a lot of the big online multiplayer games. Right. To where there's less issues as far as connectivity because there's dedicated. Like, what's the term dedicated servers mean? That means there's, there's a, literally means that there is a server dedicated by itself to run the game. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and usually they're they're top of the line. They've got great connections. They is this work. just like a giant room, computer room, just servers everywhere? Yeah, like Amazon's just rents them out like crazy, or you can buy your own and run your own and get a, a commercial connection that's more reliable. Okay. Not like a residential connection that, that you have in your home. Is that why some games advertise, like Battlefield 1, for example, says you can rent your own server? Yeah, because they cost money. Oh. Yeah, but some, some game companies uh, use their budget to, to run it. So that you don't have to. Right, that you just get to uh, that you get to benefit from them paying for it. So all included in the price, right? And the alternative is non-dedicated servers, where instead of running on, you know, the main hub, yeah, it's running on somebody else's Xbox. So peer to peer, yeah, connection, yeah, exactly. connection between two Xboxes, and basically, isn't it usually the group leader or the party leader, whoever started it? There's, for sometimes, it has the most connection. They, they optimize it. They like m- most games that run without dedicated servers. Uh, they check everybody's connection and see who has the best and they run it on that console and sometimes it'll rotate um just to make things fair but yeah if that person who's hosting has a bad connection then everybody gets screwed screwed. and then that person because they're you know the center of it all they're they're say they say who what goes they have an advantage yeah, because they're the ones who have the strongest connection because they're connected right to yeah, it, right? Yeah, zero, zero latency, pretty much. So then without talking about these servers and talking about lag and latency and all this stuff, is this the infrastructure behind all this stuff, coding, like computer science? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's networking mostly, which is like kind of a Offset a or a field. A, like a, what do they call it? A specific. Um, emphasis. emphasis. Your emphasis, yeah. like an emphasis in the field of computer science? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more of an emphasis, but anything to do with internet is yeah, networking and coding and all that yeah, stuff. I didn't focus a whole lot on that. So you focus more on just more theory, just basic general computer science and a lot of low level stuff. Okay. Down to binary and whatnot. <laughs> just terms I don't even know. I've heard binary and other ter- uses, but not in computer science. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which means two, right? Binary, bi? Yeah, just one bisexual and stuff. Yes. Um, speaking of, well, we can get into that later. Um, so then you were telling me earlier today that you're, because you're in the field of AI and that's, that's something that you're the most excited about. Like 
what do you know that's coming down the pipeline or like things that you're excited about that you see on the internet that is doing that's going on with the industry of like artificial intelligence and like robots and stuff yeah like I, i'm in robotics i'm not in ai specifically i'm okay. in automation but i like talking about ai and well I, isn't it one of your favorite shows robot wars oh wait what's it called Battlebots. Battlebots. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> they're not doing season three so far i'm really mad really yeah i don't know what's going on but there's not a whole lot of AI in that. It's yeah, it's more controlled. like yeah, mechanics and um, stuff. But just AI in general. I mean, talking about Facebook's chatbot and stuff, um, you know, AI is growing. And with, with automation, um, they're implementing AI in automation uh-huh. to kind of expand our capabilities and what we can do. And talking about making general doctors that are just robots or general lawyers that are robots. You serious? Yeah. And so we're just going to watch Law & Order SVU in a few years, and then there'll just be a bunch of cast of robots instead of yeah, Bender, actual people. Bender from Futurama as your lawyer or something. Like, yeah, stuff like that. But there's a lot of fear-mongering that goes on with AI, and I'm like a... It's like the older generation, obviously, that's a big part of it. And, but and it's, it's kind of the fear of the unknown of like, well... Hollywood's probably didn't help with the yeah, fear because of all the Terminator and all the other movies where technology takes over and then Earth is screwed kind of thing. Yeah, it's our culture. I mean, like... Any anytime we bring up AI, you think of yeah, Skynet, Terminator, yeah, Skynet, Terminator, or you know any Hollywood movie, and in that the worst happens, and it makes sense because it's it's Hollywood, it's awesome, yeah, it's cool to talk about, um, but that's definitely not what AI is at all. We're not even remotely near. No pun intended, right? Remotely, I don't know. <laughs> Remote, yeah, robot, whatever. Um, to what that to, to even getting near that, yeah, and um. You know who Elon Musk is, right? Yeah, he's the Tesla guy that everyone always talks about. Is he trying to build like underground freeways that like can transport cars? Like, in if there was to be a catastrophe, like transport the car out of the city quickly or something? He's got tons of projects. Dallas nodding his head in agreement. Yes. SpaceX, (laughs) too, is the coolest thing. Anyway, I I really look up to that guy. He's he's super smart, but he got into a Twitter argument with Mark Zuckerberg. Really? uh, They're talking about AI, yeah. Usually I'm on Elon's side, and I'm not a I don't really like Mark. Mark Zuckerberg's kind of a dweeb. And <laughs> but, it didn't help that Jesse Eisenberg is the one who played him because he's a creepy <laughs> dude himself. But in this case, I am because uh, Mark was, you know, saying, you know, we need to push forward with AI while uh, Elon Musk was like, no, we need to be more careful and uh, whatnot. And I'm just thinking, Wasn't Elon trying to send people to the Mar- Mars too? He's doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you hear the story like a few months ago or like earlier this year where everyone was getting pissed at Donald Trump because he's trying to build a wall, right? Yeah. And Mark Zuckerberg was like, definitely like the one supporting like, yeah, you shouldn't build a wall. That's, that's discriminatory, like refugees, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Mark Zuckerberg has his own house on a certain particular island in Hawaii. And he was planning on building a wall around his house <laughs> and people found out about it and started calling him a hypocrite and started protesting at his house. <laughs> oh, I freaking love the internet. That's good. But, um, Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or anything that you've been working on or about computer science or like for anyone who wants to get into the computer science major, like what's like your little elevator Dude, pitch? Like your, what, to, what advice would you give them? Go to codecademy.com right now. Code Academy. Yeah. Pause the podcast. Go to Codecademy real quick. Do, I don't know. Uh, they've got all sorts of different, um, projects you can do. Build your own website is the biggest one. Yeah. And they give you step-by-step a step-by-step process of how to code and they really hold your hand through it it's all online it's all most of it's free do they hold anything else nope I'm just just kidding. Your hand. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really cool. And I used that when I was starting out and it was super helpful and it, it got me kind of immersed in it really quickly. And you don't need to go, you know, sign up for a four-year degree right now. Yeah. See how you like it. See if it's your thing. If, if you enjoy that creative process and, and coding and understanding how computers work and you know, if, if you want to build stuff, build apps, build programs, if that intrigues you, just yeah. try it out. Codecademy.com. I mean, we have, we have Google, we yeah. have the internet at our disposal. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to go learn something, just go, go search it. So, so you said a codeacademy.com. Yeah. It's code Academy, but it's spelled code Academy. We'll put a link. Okay. But I'm not, they're not paying me for this. <laughs> We're not sponsored people. <laughs> this is sincere. So Dallin's been pretty quiet around this. This is kind of more like, but what you got anything to add or any questions for Jonathan about coding or lag or latency? No, or... I've just been sitting here just learning, just learning. listening, just learning, looking online learning. at, at codeacademy.com. Hey. Oh, there you go. Dallin's already looked it up. Go look it up, people. I think they owe a sponsorship at I this know, right? point. <laughs> Who should we get sponsored by? Okay, Red Bull, so you can Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so, you can Chick-fil-A. Uh, so one other topic I wanted to talk about, and this is more on the controversial side, but let's do it because I don't give a crap. Uh, so we're all white. <laughs> we're all white men. White male, straight men. So we're kind of like on the outskirts of we don't give a crap about your people's opinions when it comes to identity of politics. But one I thing that I kind of ran into last year at school was something called cultural appropriation. And let me pull up a definition of what cultural appropriation is, because this is a, a hot topic and we're all kind of going to give our own opinion. And whether you agree with us or not, that isn't the point. It's just like, let's have a conversation about it. Because I think nowadays what you're seeing in the media and what you're seeing in the news is no one can have a conversation. It's either you believe this or you believe that. And if you don't believe what I believe, you're a horrible person and you're a bigot and you're a racist and all this other crazy, stupid crap. So here's the definition of cultural appropriation for people who are like, what's that phrase I keep hearing on the internet or on Twitter? Um, It says cultural appropriation is the adoption or use of the elements of one culture by members of another culture. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, and you first ran into this when you dressed up as a... Oh, yeah, I dressed up as a Mexican <laughs> for Halloween. So here's the context. I hate Halloween. I don't care for it. Free candy's amazing. But my wife's like, let's dress up. Let's do a couple outfit. And I'm like, okay, what's the quickest, cheapest, easiest way to get through this? And Jessica sent me a link to like all these cute little Halloween costumes. And one of them was I dressed up as a Mexican wearing a sombrero and a poncho poncho but maybe i was assuming they're mexican because that could be racist of me yep. just because they're wearing a poncho and a sombrero doesn't mean they're mexican maybe it is i don't know and then the the girl is supposed to be the pinata which there's also underlying <laughs> uh themes into that of a man beating a woman to whatever <laughs> it was so cute anyway, it was cute it. yeah so i showed some of my friends and they didn't particularly like it. and i was like well what's wrong they're like that's cultural appropriation i'm like what the freak is that they're like well, you're making fun of my, my culture is not a costume. That's a very famous BuzzFeed catchphrase. My co- my culture is not a costume. And it's just, and what I've learned, and I'll get more into this, is like, it's all about context. Like, if someone is outgoing, like making fun of your culture on purpose and trying to make you look a fool, then yes, I think that's inappropriate. But if people are just doing it for fun or adopting cultures, trying to learn your language, trying to learn more about your food and like what makes you tick as your culture, I think that's totally awesome. Um, so the rest of the definition is, uh, cultural appropriation often framed as cultural misappropriation, which is what people should be saying, but they still lump it into cultural appropriation, is sometimes portrayed as harmful and is claimed to be a violation of the collective intellectual property rights of the originating culture. Intellectual property, dude. Some sombreros are intellectual property. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's 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 kind of a weird culture we live in right now with like the idea. Everyone calls it identity politics, and I'm kind of sick of it because. 
I get it. Like I've talked about this before. I hate when movies or music or commercials are like, make sure we have a lesbian couple. Make sure we have a Mexican person. Make sure we have a black person. So it's like, they can just check the box. So making sure that that's checked, that's checked, that's checked. Diversity has been done for diversity's sake. We're good to go. And so I like cultural appropriation. Like I believe it's awesome to like adopt other people's cultures and to like learn about people. But it's starting to get to the slippery slope. Like I looked up an article today that if you're not doing sign language right, they were talking about that's cultural appropriation because you're using sign language and you're that's that's its own culture itself it's pretty crazy some singer tried to do it on stage like this big concert and the, the deaf community got offended because they were mis- she messed up she messed up so i get the fact that it's a mistake that she messed up the sign language like they should have she they, they said that she should have had an interpreter but they went the argument and they framed it that oh it's cultural appropriation it's people wanting to get offended yeah and so, so if i speak spanish and mess up yeah. I'm well, it, I, I was telling down today that it might get to the point in a few years that you knowing Spanish is cultural appropriation because <laughs> you shouldn't freaking adopt their language. That's not, I mean, it, it, what it said in the definition is intellectual property. Yeah. Is, is the whole language. That's what Google said. Intellectual property. Though? I don't know I mean, because like, there's slang terms like whoever yeah. invented that has to have the intellectual property of that. One, one example I, I kind of heard that made sense was um, when jazz became a thing. And jazz was pretty much the created. Music, music genre? Yeah. Yeah. Jazz is pretty much created by African-American culture. Yep. And it's awesome. Black people. Yeah. And it's great. And back in that time, there were laws that limited um, blacks from performing at certain locations. Yeah. Or, you know, for, for certain amounts of time. They're basically limited in, in their, their set. Ability set to list. perform. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of white people liked jazz. I mean, I love jazz. Yeah, and anybody who wants like to listen to jazz and progressive jazz, this band I discovered a few months ago called Snarky Puppy. What? It's this giant rock jazz fusion band, and there's no singing. It's just they basically have ten minute long songs where they, a lot of it's improv. Impro, was the word improvisation? And it's just freaking nuts. I'll have to send you guys the the Let's YouTube video. Appropriation. I know, right? <laughs> Anyways, whites were um whites, white people. Yeah, <laughs> were um using basically beginning to to form jazz bands and they had the freedom to play wherever they wanted because they're white um yeah they didn't have the same laws uh against them and so in it and that's where a lot of the like uh, i guess that's a, a prime example of a culture appropriation yeah. where the jazz came from the african-american culture and they took it and because white people at the time had more freedom they could yeah they were making more gains off of and it get and get more popular with right. it and that so that's one example. yeah i could i can definitely see that i think nowadays a big phrase you hear is virtue signaling What's that? where it's basically you're basically calling out somebody else's crap, even though it's not that big of a deal. Like, Oh, that person, like, all these articles that I read today, it had tons of news articles where like so-and-so was accused of cultural appropriation. Like that strong word of accuse is being tied with a cultural appropriation. So virtue signaling basically is saying, I accuse that person. I called that person out for being a racist. I called that person out for being a bigot. So now I'm virtuous. I am the person in the right because I am the one who caught that person in the act of doing it. And that's a phrase you hear. All right. Of like, yeah, you see that on the internet all the time. Like everyone gangs up on this one person because they made a mistake. And because I'm calling them out and I'm commenting and I'm going crazy in the comment section, I feel better about myself because I've called them out and I've done something good in the world. And that's basically what virtue signaling is. And it's, how offended can annoying. I get? The yeah. more offended I can get, the better of a person I am. Yeah. And so like with cultural appropriation, it's like I start joking around with my older brother because his son's doing jujitsu and he's definitely not Brazilian. <laughs> my son, my, my nephew is half white, half Mexican. So I was like, 
Spencer, that's cultural appropriation, dude. Like, what are you putting your son in jujitsu for? Like, he doesn't know that stuff. And then my other nephew's doing karate and he's freaking white. And so like, it's, I, I, this sounds funny. People probably think I'm a jerk for saying these things, but like, I'm just going off the mentality of like, if it keeps going the route it's going, like you can, like, I thought about the other day, a few weeks ago, American Ninja Warrior was on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> if I don't care, but people on that mentality or the ideology of how it's wrong to do that. Like you could totally see like, we're going against American Ninja. Cause there's no such thing as American Ninja Cause ninjas are from Japan or something like that. So right. like, I don't know. It's just my mindset starts to switch to that when I start to see how idiotic like some of these arguments are. And again, it goes back to context. If it's just talking about stereotypes or talking about funny things that happen in culture or embracing the culture, cultural appropriation or adopting someone else's culture, I think is like perfectly fine. If you were going out of your way to like harm somebody like physically or make fun of their culture or I don't know, doing it in a very vindictive way, then yes, I could say there's an argument against that. But I think people just are getting so sensitive now. And just like you said, being offended just to be offended because it's super easy to do that on the internet. Just type that in there. There's no consequence. I don't have to deal with anybody. So I don't know. What are your guys' opinions? What do you think, Dallin? Jonathan? I've been talking a lot. I have very strong opinions because I've seen this a lot, especially in my field of study of the humanities. A lot of people getting very politically correct at colleges and whatnot and all these debates they have and silencing people who come and just want to give speeches. I don't like black people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you heard of folks down. I'm kidding. He's kidding. No, uh, but seriously, no, I I don't know. I, I personally, I haven't really come across this that much. So I don't really have a, I haven't been affected either way. Yeah. So, like I said, it's because of that costume thing for me. And then also in the humanities or social sciences, this is a big debate of like being sensitive and diversity and all that stuff. And I don't know if you guys see that in like, computer science and filming and stuff like that. I know, I know movies like back yeah. in the day did it a lot. Like nowadays, not as much probably because of all the politics behind everything. The identity politics, like the Oscars so white kind of thing. Like, like with you dressing up like a mariachi guy or whatever yeah. like that's what steve martin and whatever what was that movie called oh um, three amigos yeah three amigos like that's culture yeah cultural appropriation yeah. <laughs> that's true and like that's like to an extreme but i feel like it was a lot more acceptable back then yeah there's and some things that if you were to do now you could not do at all whatsoever because people didn't get offended as easy back in the day yeah. i guess just or maybe they it. just maybe they just kept quiet and that's why they're being oppressed yeah. so they couldn't voice their opinion People just need to lighten up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> lighten the f- up. <laughs> that probably sound like I said the F word with me laughing. Anyway. Yeah. So like, John, do you got any more opinions on that? Or I know we talked about this a lot, but that did is... you see that in the computer science world or like the tech world? Dude. I know they, there's the huge thing with like, there's no woman, like that whole Google thing that happened where the guy got fired for setting out that manifesto his 10 page thing about I briefly heard. yeah i saw yeah. i'd want to do a podcast about that but i'd want to do more research Pro- i wouldn't want to watch computer that. science is a bunch of white dudes like, yeah <laughs> you guys all it is you guys get more of that and also like there's not enough women in tech kind of Dude, thing there isn't like if you're a woman or you're not white you have such a huge advantage in the industry but like because of that because it's mostly white men you don't really see any kind of problems with yeah i don't know so getting offended <laughs> but do you think it's do you honestly believe from your experience like i don't have much of a dog in this fight like do you honestly believe that it is harder for women or people of color to like get into the computer science industry or is that just a bunch of rhetoric and bs from like politics and media and stuff like that um trying to push it harder i, I don't think it's hard for them to get in i think it's actually easier for them to get in i just think it doesn't appeal to them as much why do you not think that techie jobs 
because what people are saying in social science and how it's all socially constructed that over hundreds of years we've socially constructed society it's for women not to think that they can get techie jobs that they're supposed to be nurturers and so that's why they're being oppressed and that's why there's not many women in the tech field what yeah. do you think well computer science like another word for it is software engineer that's okay. a type of engineer and i don't know it, just in engineering jobs in general there's not a lot of women mm -hmm. just women um women. right <laughs> and so i don't know i guess it just doesn't appeal to them it seems more like a man's job to, to be an engineer to get into all that yeah nitty-gritty math heavy get your hands dirty kind of stuff but it definitely shouldn't be that way i don't know i, I just I, I think it doesn't there's not a lot of women in the industry right now it's very male dominated yeah so i feel like some women are like afraid they don't want to be in that kind of environment which makes sense um but then there's the crazy people who are going further and saying it's because women are being oppressed that they can't get into the industry dude like <laughs> I, I think women have a, a much higher chance of getting software engineer jobs than men do didn't you say it was like crazy when you saw like a a girl let alone like an attractive girl like in your some of your computer science classes or michael said the same thing it's like it's weird to see girls because yeah. you're just like oh it's just a bunch of dudes in this class oh there's one girl that's weird yeah there's like classes you know size of 30 and there's one girl there but top of my class graduating class was a girl really yep there you go that's an anecdotal people would call it. that's anecdotal evidence anyway um anyone else got anything to say about that if i ever run for president Anything I said in this podcast is going to come back and bite <laughs> yes, me. I didn't even I didn't speak that much. They're going to freaking take that soundbite of you saying I don't like black people and putting it. And there's no way to like get out of it. I can't be like, I was joking. They're like, oh, that's not, that's not a funny joke. Yeah. yeah you're anyway, scared. Phil was on this <laughs> podcast. Just people, disclaimer, we do love black people. But we also love their culture. And Phil, yeah, anyway, we'll get to that another time. I but... love all people. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I what the thing is, last kind of two cents, like with this whole cultural appropriation, the trans movement, LGBTQ, like all this stuff. Like to me, it's like I have my certain beliefs religiously and spiritually, and all this other crazy stuff. But like to me, at the end of the day, I'm like, just go freaking do what the heck you want, dude. Like I don't give a crap. And it's like I'm gonna stand with what I believe. And I think people are just trying so hard to like shove stuff down people's throats that it's like. I more care about your the character of who you are as a person, your skill set, because there's like universities now who are are trying to hire people on diversity, not the skill set of who's the best for this job. Yeah. There's tons of articles yeah. and things happening. Like we need more black people in this job, and then I've seen some people on other podcasts or teachers are like, why not just go back to like who's the best science teacher, who's the best teacher qualified for this job? And again, it's going back to that identity politics of like let's make sure we have all the box checks so that when someone comes and visits this university they can throw out the word this is a diverse university we have diversity here on the campus and things like that and it's just kind of, the, of the website and it's just like every race yeah there. so i don't know it probably just... doesn't look good if your whole company is a bunch of white men yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> like i can see where the advantage yeah. is in, in diversity definitely yeah and like again i i'm all about equal opportunity for people and like and I definitely, this can be another topic. Like, there's a difference between equal, op, uh, equal, was it equality of out opportunity versus equality of outcome? And a lot of people on the media nowadays, and people saying, "Hand me fifteen dollars an hour," they want equality of outcome, where you know everyone's get the same outcome because it all depends on your character and your skill set. So, anyway, it's been a good episode, though, guys. Down, do you have anything else you want to say? That's it. Down's been more so here, just like a coach, like a. 
because I didn't want to be alone. I just wanted to observe. Yeah, it's always good. Jonathan has some cool stuff to say, so I like that. Yeah, and also it's we found that the magic number for this podcast, or in general the conversation, is just three people because it's just a lot more lax. And hopefully you guys listening have noticed that. That I mean, I don't know. We could be naked while we're talking right now. You wouldn't even know. Maybe that's actually what's helping us be relaxed. Anyway, so Dallin's been here for moral support because this is Jonathan's first time, so it was nice having a good conversation. So again, Jonathan, if you want anyone to find you on social media, like where do they, where do they find you? Do you are you on the Twitter? Are you on the Instagram? No, I'm regrettably on Facebook, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, again, I'm gonna work on the final touches of the logo and probably release that on Monday, so you guys can check that out. And I'm gonna start doing a more steady stream of content as far as podcasting because. This is fun doing this. So what about you down now? So you want to throw in? That's it. No. Cool. Well, everybody, we've had Jonathan Sterling, computer whiz. We're going to go geek out probably tonight, play some Overwatch. <laughs> Lucio Ball is going on. It's a little arcade game. So let's break it down. I actually, last thing, this is for you, David Parrish, if you're listening. My mission buddy messaged me on Facebook saying, I almost went out and bought an Xbox because of that last podcast. <laughs> and I told him to do it. I was like, dude, we'll get you right into the group and we'll get you assimilated into the Xbox culture. But he never responded. You're so already David ruining people's lives. I know, right? David, well, go get always, a, go get an Xbox. He can always wait until Black Friday. It'd probably be like a hundred bucks. True. I mean, you can get like a freaking flat screen TV, 4K bundle with an Xbox. So anyway, this podcast is changing lives. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this has been episode six, and uh, we'll post this sometime, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Outro music. <laughs>